to the Big Water Podcast. I am Ross Robertson. You guys know I fish. That's what I do. But when the wind blows like today or we take a little downtime, we try to talk about it too. We've got a guest that's a, a little different because I'm not going to like label her as a kayak fisherman, but I think if you know what she does already, you're probably going to say she's the kayak girl. Um, Christine Fisher, thank you for coming aboard. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. So I, I got to just jump right out, of the, right out of the gate and say... The kayak thing. You know, I work with a company, Fish USA, and they've got like a bunch of kayak guys. I mean, they've got all these kayak pro staff guys. And you know, when we go sit in some of these meetings, I'm like the minority as a boat guy. You know what I mean? Which is pretty <laughs> rare. And there, there's, there's almost it's like between like the bass and the walleye thing a little bit. There's the kayak guys versus the boat guys. Do you get that at all? Um, you know, I think to some degree, I, I feel that I've, I've got a lot of, a lot of really good friends of mine, um, fish professionally on the boat side of things. So I, I don't, I don't really necessarily see that segregation there as much, but, um, I guess in some of the groups and some of the online forums, you get your, your kayak clicks and your, your boat stuff. Um, but not too bad. I mean, I, I fishing is the common denominator and that kind of unites us all in a way. So that, that's what I, that's more what I focus on. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think in reality, that's the, uh, that's the internet world or the keyboard commandos, the people that are really doing it for a living. There's a mutual respect and it's, it's, all, right. it's playful jabbing, you know, like I, I'm going to take a few shots at those guys, but it's all <laughs> in a playful jab because it's definitely a, a different level of respect, but at any rate, some of the people that, you know, kind of follow what I do that maybe don't know what you do or maybe just don't know to the, you know, the depth. A lot of times we see you catching fish or you see something on Instagram, but you don't really get to know the person. So let us, you know, take us back there a little bit and, and how, you know, where did you come from and, and your kind of early rise there? I know a little bit of your story because we have some mutual friends, um, but let me in on that. Um, so I was born and raised in a small town in Nebraska. Um, like 800 people. And I, I was luckily brought up by a very outdoors oriented family. Uh, we fished family walleye tournaments. Um, that was kind of a big thing growing up. Uh, that's my childhood revolved around fishing. Um, I did it growing up and kind of steered away from that. I was big into sports and I played college volleyball. So my college years, I, I kind of got away from fishing a little bit. Um, but then in my early 20s, picked right back up and uh, worked in an outdoor sporting goods store i was uh, up the hunting manager and i sold in fishing and in guns and did, uh, worked as a bow tech for a while so that kind of became a big part of my life again um, i bought my first kayak a few years after that because i saw a, a flyer that was brought into the bow shop for a kayak tournament and i was like man like this is kind of cool i didn't know this thing existed so i signed up i took third and from there i was hooked um and that kind of was the segue into me fishing kayak tournaments. Um, I started qualifying for some of the bigger national stuff. And for the last two years, I've lived on the road full time and just fishing the national kayak tournaments and following the trails there and just kind of kind of doing that. So I can um, see from the back seat of your truck that you're kind of like me. I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared for anything. I've got insulated suits, uninsulated, change of boots, change of the, I mean, you know. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, hey, that's that's street cred right there. That's what that is. If if you see somebody with too clean of a back seat doing what we do, they probably aren't prepared enough, right? Right. I I I'm literally prepared for an apocalypse in this truck. I've got I've got a lot of things. <laughs> you, you might need to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy I know. As the world goes on. So, 
again, I you know I, I don't want to throw things out there. I want you to tell me, but I had heard you know kind of rumors that you uh, you made a big jump. You kind of you know sold your house or rented a house or whatever, and you said, hey, I'm gonna I'm basically gonna put my stuff up in storage. And you know, and I've heard this story from a few bass guys, and you hear this story a lot of times from people, but then you know they don't make it. You know, maybe six months or something, and they just whether it's family stuff or money or all of the above, you've kind of just you've gone all in with this. I have, um, you know, I was in a unique situation and I've, my whole life I've been wired a little differently. Um, I've got the mentality that no matter what I can do, um, I'm going to fail probably seven, eight times, but I'm going to get back up and that ninth time I'll be successful. And I, um, I, you know, I don't have kids, I don't have any pets. And so I was put in a situation, uh, to where I was able to do that. And I've always been kind of financially savvy in the means of, understanding money and how it can work for you and how to how to save it and not you know be um not be negligent with it i guess is what i would say so i, I i've been able to kind of do it and i didn't just you know I, I i preach this all the time it's not like i just one day woke up i was like i'm gonna quit my job and go do this uh, i was very tactful about it i saved a mountain money and i picked up some side gigs along the way you know i've been a freelance writer for eight years now for various outdoor media outlets and, you know, was able to kind of pick up little things here and there. And I'm a minimalist. I, I literally can live on, on very little. So it was kind of the perfect storm for me. And I knew that if I kept, you know, pushing this, this is my dream. I'm going to make it work and I'm, I'm making it work. You know, that that's definitely the thing when you do what we do for fishing, you definitely have to have the, the right gear and all your stuff. But I, I can completely relate when I made the switch and said, Hey, I'm going to fish for a living you're going to have to give up some things and um, your time is obviously one of them. You know, that's what you could do at the beginning, but not having to have all the crazy things is, is almost mandatory. I mean, because mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of people I know that have a lot, you know, and again, I, I don't dissing on anybody for doing it a different way than I've personally done it. But if you have a trust fund or you came into it because, you know, somebody owns a huge business and they give you right some sponsorship because yeah. it's a, a family friend, those guys generally don't make it long term because i don't think they have like you said kind of the you said it in a different way but the fortitude or you know the drive of knowing hey i'm gonna get my teeth kicked in yeah you've got to have the grit it's grit that's what it is it's it and i don't see that very much anymore and so when i you know a lot of my solo travels i, I came across people that i recognized immediately that same type of tenacity and grit and just you know that that's a that's kind of a dying trait and it's really cool to see some people that that kind of resurface a lot in this industry because fishermen i think are wired a lot of them are wired that way you know like we can we can do this I, you know most of us i'm sure you have have slept in your truck at a boat ramp to get on that right bite you know eat ramen noodles and that's that's where a lot of us kind of i think got our start and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing i think you know, I, I think it is too, but again, it's, it's funny because as my producer, I see him sometimes kind of roll his eyes on me because we do so many of these podcasts and I've had guys that, you know, I started fishing on the tour with 20 years ago and, you know, they're like the one guy with, you know, he's now a rep and we talk about these things and it's really the same story in a different way or a different relationship, you know, how it relates to these guys. But, you know, talking with you, I can see it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing and, you know, and full disclosure, I don't know you, you know, but yet really quickly i can remember just looking at your social media feed the other day when we were going to kind of try to you know set this up and several people i know in the industry said hey you need to talk with her we actually i was doing a podcast with with the guys from bassmaster and they're like you need to you need to talk with her because to be perfectly honest like i don't want to get into this too much we'll be talking about a little bit later but 
you know, I'm selective on who I kind of, you know what I mean? I don't want to put somebody up here that's like not the legit deal. And, and as I was looking at that and I saw, you know, we talked on the phone and you're like, yeah, I'm on St. Clair today. Well, I live roughly an hour and a half from there and I was on the water. And let's just be, let's just be frank. It was shit. So there was, was. there was there was a lot of people that didn't go out that day. I know a lot of guys that think that they were tough, and I actually said to one of my guys that works for me, I said, you know, hopefully this doesn't come across wrong, but I said, hey, there's a chick up there in a kayak in St. Clair, candy ass, you know? And yeah. you, you've got to have a certain level of, I don't care how Crazy. talented you are with fishing, there's just a little bit of, like you said, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. We, we've done these podcasts with, you know, with uh, professional athletes and, and people that are just really excel at what they do. And they all seem to have that, those same traits, like you said. And, and I don't think that those traits are a majority. They're definitely a minority anymore. I, I would think so too. Well, you know, I always tell people this, I think it's a universal fact that women have a certain element of crazy, right? Some women have that crazy. I'm glad you tear. said it. <laughs> I will. I'm, I don't care about that. Some women will key your car. They'll get super clingy or whatever that, my crazy is that I'm, I'm that girl out there in that wild weather uh, because the bite is so freaking good and I don't want to get off the water. And it, the weather was terrible. I mean, it sucked. Oh, I, I couldn't I, I couldn't feel my fingers for hours after. But I, I caught back to back five pound smallmouth. I'm like how I, the last thing I'm thinking about is the weather. And just two days ago, we had a there was a kayaker that was rescued by the Coast Guard out there and I was out there. And luckily, I was north of the ramp when that north wind came raging. And I've never seen St. Clair flip like that. And I've been out there in some really hairy stuff. And I luckily got back in, but I thought I was going to flip the kayak. And there was a guy that flipped and another guy had to get rescued. Um, it's <laughs> we, it's kind of wild. We were headed out for our afternoon shoot yesterday. And there was a guy on a, a stand-up paddle board. And uh, I was mm. telling him, like, shoot, shoot that, shoot that. Because, you know, it, there's a difference sometimes between, you know, being having fortitude or drive and being stupid. Like, we're stupid. Thinking, like here's yep. this guy and he's he's not even in a dry suit or a wetsuit. And I'm like, this water is like 40 degrees. Like if that dude falls in out there, he was he was probably two miles offshore. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're going to tighten up and you're done. Yep. You're, yeah. Yeah. There's that. that you, you, nailed, you nailed it right there. Uh, there was a guy I saw out in a sin kayak with no life jacket on. And a send is a little sit inside, you know, $200 kayak. And that that's stupid. Um, I, I've done some things that are pretty stupid in my day. But I, I think I've, I like to think that I've wisened up just a little bit. And I may push the needle. But you got to be smart when it comes to, you know, Mother Nature, for sure. Well, and as you get more experience, you not only make better decisions, but you're able to handle those situations better, right? That's right. Part, part of life. Aside Absolutely. From just fishing, yeah. So when you made that jump, though, you said, you know, you kind of took some things. Um, I was just doing a little research and it said you won the uh, or you, the Hobie World Qualifier. Is that was that was that kind of like your breaking point deal or? Um, yeah, I would I would I think so. Um, that was last year. And the year before that was my first true year on the national trail. And I actually was really consistent. I mean, I cashed 15 checks, I think, two years ago. I had a second place, a couple thirds, a couple fourths, and, you know, these out of a hundred plus anglers, but, you know, nobody cares if you're not first, right? And that, I really felt that. It's like a I Ricky was, Bobby comment coming here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I was like, man, like I did, I had a great year and I was, I was up in the rankings of all the kayak anglers on the national trail, which I was really proud of, but I felt like, you know, that last year I had, I not only won one big national tournament, I won three. And that just catapulted, I think, my career a little bit and had people really take notice. Um, 
even though I wasn't as consistent last year, I, I had, I think I cashed nine checks last year, but the year before that, like I said, I was so consistent all over. Um, but last year I won some big ones how and many, I did, I go ahead. How many events do you guys do in a year? Uh, I usually do, I think I've got 20 on the book, wow. 20 national ones, couple local ones here and there. Um, but 20 big ones. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of a lot. I mean, that's so it is. You, again, I'm ignorant on these things, okay? I usually bust yeah, the chops you. of the kayak guys, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can you, you can't really make a living off winnings with the kayak thing. You're doing it more from the promotion standpoint and helping working with sponsors and stuff like that. Is that, is that kind of well, the same as walleye? Guys yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you know, we have, there's one tournament that pays 100 grand to the winner. Um, there's another tournament that oh, pays somebody. 25, 30. Um, and our, the average, you know, my, a lot of my first place winnings are anywhere from five to 10,000. So if you're there, I know there are three of my friends that made over 45, $50,000 strictly from tournaments last year. Now these guys, I mean, they're, I consider myself a, a decent angler. These guys are, one of them could very well be on the leads and he's friends with a lot of the elite anglers and they would att attest to that too. I mean, we have some, there's some serious competition in the, in the kayak and he, I think he won like 60 grand last year. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I can't, I can't just solely make a living off of my tournament winnings. And I don't think you, you should ever bank on that, whether you're on the, you know, the pros yeah. or not, um, sponsorships that's and little icing. side gigs there and there. Yeah. Yep. That's icing on the cake. Yeah. Cause if you have to rely on that, I, just me, cause having been there, done that, to me, when you have that pressure on yourself, and I, I've had done several podcasts with guys that I used to fish against on a tour, and, and they had a different take than I did, but uh, if you have to rely on your earnings to pay the mortgage, and that's the only way to do it, to me, <sighs> you just put so much pressure on yourself that I don't think you can fish clean. No. Well, it's, ga it's gambling. I, I don't want to gamble to make a living. I mean, I'll bet on myself all day, but when it comes down to it, I need to know that I'm going to be taken care of, and that's why I work really hard on the side to be able to continue to do this and the, the winnings that, that's a bonus that's a, that's trip money right there but i mean it's it's the elephant in the room here so I'll, I'll i'll dance gingerly through this but i'm not real good at that i'm not gonna lie to you i'm i'm kind of like a hammer sledgehammer yeah i mean i'm not a passive aggressive person at all i'm pretty blunt so okay. feel free to throw it throw it my way here comes a sledgehammer so you know the winning was probably huge for you just because of the woman stereotype because again, Huge. I, I've worked with, and I'm not judging you or any other woman in the fishing industry, but I know that I've worked on staffs and done things where they're like, hey, Ross, you need to go catch this fish or do this or bring this person along because of a gender situation. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, yeah. I don't think that that's helping women at all myself. But um, I mean, because it doesn't help, it certainly doesn't help Miss Fisher here. I mean, no, it, it, it honestly, it, it infuriates me. That's one of the things that, you know, before I even started fishing the national tournaments and just loosely started posting pictures on Instagram, my inbox was flooded with companies offering pro staff that didn't even, didn't even know who I was. I, I guided for years and years. I guided turkey hunts. I guided kayak fishing trips. They didn't know that. They didn't care. They didn't care if I was catching the fish, if I could talk about their product, if I used their product. All they saw was blonde hair, big smile, big fish. And I was like, man, like, I, I, this can't be that easy. I don't want that. I would never respect myself or be able to sleep at night if I wasn't going to earn 
my keep in this and let people know like look i'm here i, w I want the respect for being a talented angler over anything not my gender not anything else um and i hate the fact that it, it's so easy for a female to get these opportunities um that i hate that i really do um so i i made it my goal to to really go out there and just work my freaking tail off to you know prove that I can do this too. And I, I'm going to earn every responsibility and, earn, and our responsibility, every opportunity that I get. That was kind of my goal. So we lost you for a second there. You know, the, the internet and all that stuff's great, except for when you're in places like we tend to end up and it, it locks up on us. But, you know, I was saying, you know, Al Linder, and I know this is definitely uh, putting my foot in my mouth, but I was at a NPA meeting and Al Linder brought a golf club out and he said, you know, you know, and this is kind of a big deal for him because he's not like controversial. Like people aren't surprised when I say things like this. Mm -hmm. but, you know, he said, hey, there's too many people making decisions in our business that carry one of these around and don't know what one of these is, you know, and he's waving a fishing rod. And that's kind of that same thing where some of these people that just don't understand or they make those decisions that they hurt me, they hurt women in fishing, they hurt kayaking, anything. Because when you, you make decisions and you're doing things and you don't have un any, try even trying to understand it, it just can't be a good thing. That could be no. if you're selling makeup or, you know, drugs to cure cancer. It just, it's. Well, it's not genuine. It's not authentic. And it, it does, it does a huge disservice for the people that are out there living this life. This has actually been a big part of their life and, you know, live and breathe it like we do. Um, it's, it's a huge disservice for sure. And that's, that's something that I'm trying to, trying to remedy um, as I'm going along on my journey is to kind of redefine the, the stereotype that is the female angler um, and kind of hopefully get companies to get better ambassadors or just do some, some vetting maybe is that is that too is that is that too much to ask <laughs> well i think it's it, it's a it's a tough deal on both sides i mean again i'm really gonna bark up a bad tree here but i think that you know guys guys are guys right mm -hmm. and I, I i say this all the time it's like i'll, I'll even go the different route with saying the kardashians like I've got people around me that watch the Kardashians on TV and I just absolutely want to just shoot myself. Right. And yeah. they're like, Oh, it's, I'm like, if you don't watch it, they can't make millions of dollars for doing nothing. Right. And, it, and, it's, the right. Same, and it's the same thing with guys that say stuff, you know, about, Hey, you know, there's chicks in a bikini and, and holding up a fish that somebody else caught or whatever. But that there's a lot of women too, that obviously they, I mean, I won't name names, but I'm sure we could come up with a similar list of people you know, women that have been in the industry that are like, oh, I, I need to be taken seriously. And you're like, you don't even fish. Like, take you seriously for what? Right. Where, where, yeah, it's, it's really tough because it's like, for me, it puts me in a tough spot because I want to come off, you know, come across supportive of women and fishing, which I am. But at the same time, man, there's, it, it, it's made, some people make it very hard to do so. Yeah. I, very I, hard. I, you're, the best thing you got going for you is if you win, you know that just in everything they say winning fixes a lot of things and that for sure you can't get much more street cred if, if you keep winning no that that's the honestly that was for me that's the only way um i could i saw that i could do it right that i could really prove like hey i'm the real deal um that and when i get up there and give seminars and talk and i can i can hold a uh, elevated conversation with anglers because i i've i know what i'm doing i know the i know the ins and outs of everything. I know the science behind stuff. I know the technique. I know a lot of this. Um, I'm able to kind of prove myself there, but you know, without that, nobody takes me seriously. Um, I remember working my first fishing show. And even in, when I worked up in hunting and fishing up in a sporting goods store, I'd get overlooked every single time, um, by everybody and ask for a male associate to help them out or work on their bow. And 
Um, it's definitely frustrating, but like I said, I've got pretty thick skin and it's just something that is kind of the norm for me now. And I, I hope to, to continue to change that as it goes though. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that is a tough deal because I don't know if there's a way around that in the near future, to be honest. Probably not. I mean, the thing, the thing is though, I can't sit here and, and talk down about it because I do it too. You know, I walk up to, to ICAST some of these booths and I'd probably walk right past the girl standing in front of the booth to go talk to some of the guys behind them. You know, I, I do it too. So it's, I don't take offense to it. Um, and I think that the good thing is people in the industry that know me and have fished with me get it. And, and at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Um, it doesn't matter the, the thousands of other people out there that, that will see me at first glance and just form an opinion. But find out much I can do about that. Um, when it's all said and done, but those opinions don't really matter. No, and, and, and like you said, honestly, it's, it's no different at ICAST when I started there. I looked like Opie, you know, I was so young. And, <laughs> and people are like, yeah, we're going to go talk to Van Dam. Thank you very much. And yeah. I can remember doing uh, galleries for like FLW or In Fisherman, you know, for their magazine stuff. And people are like, you're with who? Um, like, yeah, I'm the guy that's actually doing this, just so you know. But so, <laughs> so, so you get those things. And I think, you know, the only thing that probably heals that is time and just doing more and more. And as you blow up and I do more stuff and you're in more things that that's, that's just one of those things that probably doesn't have anything to do with gender as much as it does just time in the game, time and street cred, just keep, you know, improving. And, and the more people, you know, I mean, we're in a network business. I mean, not that anything isn't, but, um, the fish, just how we came together, you know, talking to a guy at Bassmaster and then, you know, know a couple of your friends and, um, you know, the one friend's been telling me like, you got to have her on the thing. And I'm like, I don't even look at kayak stuff. No offense. <laughs> but, I, I, I know. I don't blame you. It's, it's kind of like the ugly stepchild um, but, of the fishing world sometimes. But yet you, you know, that, that whole kayak thing, it's one of those deals again, sitting in meetings with different sponsors, you know, like fish USA, for example, um, you know, supposedly they, whoever the, they is, they say that, uh, you know, kayak and ice fishing are the fastest growing segments of, mm -hmm. the, of the, the fishing industry. So, Again, I've heard that a lot. Kayak fishing. I mean, you look at look at ICAST a couple of years ago, and you maybe saw one or two kayak manufacturers. And I think there were ten there this last year. Um, it, it's booming, and it's because the accessibility for people to get into the sport. It, it literally is the segue into a sport. You know, well, if you think about it that way. I mean, I hate to say it. I, I I did not have anybody supporting me at the beginning. It was very humble beginnings. And now mm -hmm. I'm running a really nice boat that costs a, as much as probably a lot of people's houses and, you know, and feeding that thing full of gas. And that's not practical for a lot of people to do. I understand mm -mm. that. And, you know, you look at a kayak and I don't know what that number would be. Like you said, there's $200 kayaks, but you probably could be all in for, you tell me the number, 2500 to 5000 No, um... Well, I mean, you could, yeah, you could. My, my I'm not just talking my kayak Maser alone. Not, not Maserati, but but doing. Yeah, a couple thousand dollars. I think you could get you get a really nice basic start, right. with you know a little simple electronics and a little kayak. I think you'd be, yeah, a couple thousand dollars get so you a good start. Do you have like a Torquedo or however they say that you've got the electric deal on your stuff too, right? I don't know. No? I, okay. I, I like the, you know, like I said, I, I, that's why I, I bow hunt over rifle hunt and shotgun hunt. I, you know, used to paddle for a long time over pedal. I like doing things the hard way for a long time until I finally give in. Um, I still, I still use my pedal drive kayak. I've got a Hobie pro angler. That, on St. Clair, some days I imagine that would, that might want to rethink that some days, right? <laughs> Northwind. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, if, if they came out with like a 15 foot power pole, that'd be great. I would have really, really could have used that the last couple of days, but um, my legs got definitely, definitely got to work out to try to hold my spot. I've got a but, 15 foot talon on my boat and I can tell you that I need every inch of that in certain days for yeah. sure. You, yeah, I, I did. I needed, I needed 15 foot would have been perfect for me. So uh, again, just forget the, you know, the woman thing. Cause I, again, that's the elephant in the room in this conversation. Let's just be real. But that aside, just somebody making a living fishing, because again, I can appreciate that. It's a, it's a 1% deal if that, right? It's mm -hmm. probably a quarter of 1% in reality. For um, sure. How, I mean, for you, you to do what you did, I mean, do you, do you think that, I, I don't know how to even pose the question, but do you think it's easier to do that nowadays? To just, what? I mean, whether yeah, it's kayaks or boat fishing or whatever to, to make a living fishing or do you think that there's just a lot of people that are lazy and there's more opportunity for you i think a little bit of both um with social media and uh, several different outlets to make a living fishing you know you look at it now you don't really even have to fish to make a living doing it and that's why people see that opportunity and they're just you know delving into this deal because it's 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 much easier nowadays um, but with that becomes oversaturation and you have to, in order to make a living, I think you have to truly set yourself apart. Um, I think it, it, it's a little bit of both. So do you think that, I mean, it makes it tougher for, I, I think it makes it tougher for me, but the people that are not really fishing, like you, you indirectly, I know what you were thinking. So I'm just going to, I'm going to hit it head on the people that literally don't go fishing. I'm not talking guys, women, whatever, but it's generally speaking a younger crowd that are making videos on YouTube that really either aren't catching a fish or you look at them and like, you couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a bait caster if your life depended on it. It's entertainment. Okay. That's what it is. There you go. Yep. So do you think that that makes it more difficult? Cause it's like, I worked pretty hard to get street cred, you know, and, and be known mm -hmm. that I'm good at what I can do. Um, and now you, you click on some of these videos and you're like, you can't it's decipher gar garbage. Yeah. You can't, you can't <laughs> decipher the good from the bad, but yet so many of them aren't even trying to have any fishing. Yep. Um, that's a, that's a tough one because like you said, it's a, I, I don't, I don't watch any of that stuff. I don't have time for that. Um, but if you think about it, the people, I think a large percentage of people on YouTube are people that aren't really out, um, probably really aren't spending most of their days on the water, you know? And so they're looking maybe more for an entertainment value or just some, you know, some beginner tips or tricks. Um, I know that there's a, a very young crowd that blew up a couple years ago. They got on YouTube early and now are doing baits and all that stuff. And I can't, I can't make it through five seconds of that crap. I can't. Um, and I won't, like I, that's not my, uh, but, They've, uh, they've, they've done something right well, out there. there and hey, <laughs> there, there's some people making a serious amount of money. So, so I guess here's a question that's not really controversial, but do you have any companies that are maybe, I don't want to say pushing you, but, or maybe people that came after you that say, Hey, you know, maybe we could, Hey, Chris, maybe we could go over here and do this, you know, meaning um, entertainment videos and. No, uh, but you know, that's only because I've vet my sponsors pretty, I don't money, money does not buy me. If that makes any sense. I value, um, my true opinions, my feelings and how I portray myself and my authenticity are worth more than anyone could pay me. Like I said, I don't need much to live. So, 
when it comes to sponsorships, I make sure ahead of time going into it that one, um, the, that's a product that I've used well before they even reached out to me that I can put my name on, I can back hundred percent Two, I have a relationship with those people. And then we talk everything else. Um, so there, there are things I just do not do and won't do. I don't care how much you pay me. So no, I'm along the, along the same lines. And I think that realistically, if you're not, you're going to be, if you're going to stay in the business, because those are short lived things. Those are short lived. Yeah. They, they don't last. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a long term. I, I'm in it for I'm, I'm a relationship person. Um, I, that's a respect thing. That's I met some old fashioned in that regard, maybe a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'm more of a long term type of person. I'm not a one night sponsorship type of deal. So uh, I, I do a lot of vetting and I, I make it known that there are certain things that I won't do because I don't want to do them. That's not me. It's not who I am. And I, I'm out here to be very transparent, very vulnerable. And I think that's more relatable anyway in the long term. And people get inspired by that more than anything. So I, I know some people that think highly of your fishing abilities at this point, And you're not like exactly an old person. So, you know, obviously <laughs> you look at guys, you know, I don't know when prime would be for a fisherman. I think it's younger than it used to be because you see some of these guys on the Bassmaster Elite Series that are, you know, they're jumping on the electronics thing. They're, you know, they're, maybe they're just right. hungrier, although a small percentage, but they're, you know, they're taking on the, the Van Dams and the swindles of the world and, and doing well. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that, you know, did you get into the kayak deal because it's more accessible? You know what I mean? You don't have to have all these things or, or did you just really like kayak fishing that much or? Um, you know, it was a little bit of both. Originally, yeah, I, I wanted to be smart about it. Like I said, I, I wanted to do this long term. And I'm a person that is very savvy with finances. And I didn't want to go into debt. I, I don't have any debt to this day. I, I've never operated that way. I, I started investing when I was 17. I read financial books when I was 15. Uh, my financial advisor, when I met him, thought I was a 60-year-old person on the phone because of my um, my goals and everything. It was kind of crazy. So I said, I, I'm going to start out here and see what I can do with this and then see where that goes. Um, and, you know, starting in the kayak thing, it was accessible. I had success there. I was able to get out there and fish and travel all over the country by myself, loading, unloading my boat, handling all my gear on my own. And that was really important for me. And I didn't have any overhead. Um, so that was a really good start. But ultimately the goal, like I, I would love to fish the Bass Opens one day and ultimately hopefully one day, you know, get my ass kicked for years, but then maybe qualify for the elites if I can keep grinding, you know, um, that definitely is a, is a goal for my, for me. And now I have the ability to get into that, but I had to start somewhere. So the boat thing is definitely, it's on the, it's on the, uh, the plan. It is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who, if you go to the Bassmaster Classic and you sit in the stands and you hear someone like Ott Defoe, say like if you've got a dream and you believe in God and anything can happen like how can you not get goosebumps and want to walk across that stage like that's that's like that should be a goal for any angler I don't care if you're chasing walleye or anything like that like how could you not be inspired to want to go and just achieve one of the greatest feats in all-time fishing right well, that and the fact that uh, I don't know what kayak things are like not to beat a dead horse but you know I fished an awful lot of walleye tournaments through the years and even some bass tournaments and stuff and you go to a walleye event, and there's maybe, if you're lucky, 100 people, you know? Now, granted, yeah. we're not talking about the, the classic or the championship, but it's, especially with the internet, it's probably even worse. I have been to the Bassmaster Classic many times in many different places, and it's an extravaganza. 
It is. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's cool. It's it. I don't know what the attendance numbers are off the top of my head, but I know that they're enormous and they're 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 like a college sporting event. It, it is. I mean, it's crazy and it's just it's super inspirational. And um, I've wanted to to fish professionally like on that stage for years and years and years. Um, and you know that would that is my goal one day is to fish the Bass Opens and hopefully qualify for that. Um, like I said get a get a slice of humble pie for a long time but i'm pretty hungry and i don't quit so who knows yeah i mean I, and i realistically you know there's just probably more money it's probably a lot more opportunities um in in a bass mastery lead or major league fishing or flw or whatever it would be there's just it's they're bigger platforms at this point yep obviously you know kayak stuff has grown a lot in a short amount of time and it's more accessible you know I can almost even see like the Bassmaster stuff. I mean, these boats are a hundred grand and you get two miles of the gallon. And, you know, so I, I could see that, you know, maybe almost not getting smaller, but maybe not having the growth that these other things do. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who knows what direction that's going to go. But um, so you like to fish. I like to fish. I'm, I primarily fish for walleyes because that's how I, you know, what I'm known for and what I can make a buck. And I think I can catch one in a puddle, right? <laughs> What's your deal? Because I see you got some pictures of some muskies. Obviously, Ooh. you're talking Bassmasters Elite, so we're talking some largies, maybe some brownfish here. But, I mean, do you have a closet deal with, you know, panfish or this musky stuff? Or I'm a trophy hunter all day. Um, I'm, the, I'm the person that goes out there in the worst weather and studies the behaviors of trophy fish and will take that one bite over 100 type of deal. And musky, that is, that's pulling at my heartstrings. If, I, if I've got one day to do anything, I'm musky fishing all day. And if I've got a tournament... Um, down on uh, Chickamauga one week and I have a week break and I got to go up to St. Clair that middle week in between you better believe weather permitting and the temperatures aren't too hot I'm targeting muskie every single day day after a tournament doesn't matter how tired I am Um, that is what drives me it's my favorite fish to chase and that's what I want to do all the time is that Um, because of the elusiveness or there's because they're just giants or um, I don't know if you've gathered this in our short little time talking, but I, I really prefer a challenge. I'm kind of, I'm motivated by challenges and that fish is probably one of the most challenging species out there. And they are, I mean, they're, they're super elusive. They're, you can go days without even moving one, you know, that fish will mentally, emotionally and physically break you. And I love that. I just do. That, that is the, that, that's the crazy coming out that you hinted at right there. <laughs> That's the yep. woo, crazy, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, crazy yep. girl. Now, yep. There are guys obviously that have that same thing with you know the fish of ten thousand casts and all that good stuff. And I think in, in a weird way that's kind of like me with walleyes. I'm always busting on my bass buddies. I mean I know a lot of bass master elite guys. You know we're good friends through pro staffs or just where they live or what have you. And I'm always busting those guys. I'm like, dude, if, if I want to do a Make-A-Wish trip, I'll go beat on a bank with a spinnerbait. We'll catch some <laughs> fish. I'm like, go, you, I would love to see an average, you know, bass guy go fish for walleyes. Like, yeah, the, but don't the bass guys say that walleye are like bringing in a wet towel? Yeah, they, oh, that exact term has been used towards me about mm, 400 times. I don't know how many, <laughs> one of my favorite shows that the I do. cliche. That, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tell them, well, I said, you know, that wet towel is a feeling you probably won't feel because you probably won't be able to catch one because they're actually, you got to, <laughs> it takes a little bit of skill. You know, you it, do, it does. You yeah, can't beat the does. bank. Those guys I always tell them, like, get all these big depth finders on your boat, but you can see the bottom everywhere you're fishing. there's a lot of truth to that (laughs) so i guess you know one question would be is if if this thing didn't continue to work out for you or maybe if you didn't get to this point i mean 
do you see, I think I already know the answer, but do you see yourself, you know, doing something different or could you, or would you just grind until somehow you made it in there or continue to do more outdoor writing or whatever it would be? Um, well, like I say, I'm, I'm not a corporate oriented person. I, I've never had a desk job. Um, my whole family is entrepreneurs. I have that mindset. So I, I'll never go to work for somebody else. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever leave the outdoors industry. My philosophy is you do something that you love and that's a career. Like I don't, I'll, I'll never have a job. So if the fishing, I'll always fish too. If it, whether or not I make that a living, um, I can't say I'm going to keep grinding and keep pushing and keep pushing. I'm going to let whatever doors open, open and let the cards fall where they may. Um, but I'll always do something in the outdoors. I know that, you know, we haven't, we haven't really got a good story. You know, every person that fishes tournaments or travels around fishing has a good story. You've got either a great story, a horror story, you know, the realize the best stories involve pain and torture. I mean, just yeah. where you just got yeah. knocked over 50 times. We don't want to hear like you won a tournament. Every fish didn't come off. In your travels, you've got to have one that you just you feel like every time you go somewhere that this is the one you need to tell. Yeah, I, I got one of those, and it's going to make me sound even more crazy than a redheaded hairdresser named Tiffany. But um, <laughs> I can uh, I, I can I can tell if you want to listen. Bring it, girl. All right. So this is about four years ago after a big tournament um, down in, on Kentucky Lake. I. Again, after the tournament, I was exhausted, but it was March. I knew there'd be some opportunities for some pre-spawn, even some post-spawn muskie fishing on one of my favorite rivers in Tennessee. So um, I was on Jackson's kayak fishing team at the time, and there was their, their marketing gal uh, wanted to catch a muskie. She'd never been for one. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to fly back home. Um, I'll, I'll use one of your kayaks. I'll bring my rod, ship my rod and reels and all my baits back, but can you bring can you get a net? Cause I can't fly with a, a musky net. You know, these things are huge. She's like, yeah, yeah, no big deal. And, and obviously a couple tools. Oh boy. So get, yeah, we get down there and the net that she gives me, for, uh, for perch? looks like a, looks like a trout net. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm like Bridget. How so we, we can't, we can't even get the head of a fish in this thing. So okay, it's fine. Like I've hand landed them before. I don't like to do that, but I can and do it safely for them and for me. So I thought, um, so we get out there on the river and it's, it's perfect. I mean, like dropping barometric pressure. We got a front coming in. It's right during the peak major. And I'm, I just am feeling it working this crank, this big crankbait from lunge and lures and, you know, halfway through my retreat, this giant river fish smokes it. It's probably a 46, 47 inch real healthy fish. Get up to the boat, land it, you know, have my GoPro running. And I'm like, Bridget, I got one. I got one. It's a giant. And I'm lifting it up for the picture. Usually before I do this, I want you all wait to know. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to stop you. Did you use the trout net? No. No. Okay. No, 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 okay. no, no. I, I said I was going to hand land them. And okay. I, I've done it before. I don't like to do that, um, but I can. And typically before I even lift a fish up for a picture, I remove the bait. I always remove the oh, bait. Oh, boy. Now but, I know where it's going. But, yeah. But this, you know, Lunge, the guys at Lungeon are good friends of mine. And I, it was a, it was perfect hook right beside the mouth. And I was like, I'm going to get just a quick picture on my GoPro of the, the bait in the fish's mouth. GoPro's already running. I usually just pull still so the fish isn't out of the water for a long time. Well, I go to lift it up. And in a freak second, this fish does this head twist. And I, I'm not making this up. I don't know how it happened. One of the treble hooks was in the fish's mouth. The back big, this is not little walleye or, or bass trebles. These are those big 1X strong treble hooks and one of the hooks got lodged into my left index finger about right there and mm. the other one 
The other one on the same hook got lodged into my right index finger. So, and, and two of the bones so on both of them. You got pinned Pass down. Oh yeah. And the so fish is still flopping around. Are, are tied to the fish. Like, yeah. And the fish is, as the fish is flopping around, both of my hands are attached to the treble hooks and my hands are bound. I, I can't do anything. And it's shooting pain at both of my arms. And I scream at Bridget. She comes over there who's, who's no experience with musky have you. And so I'm in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. What are we going to do here? You might as well have so, a dog or a, a sheep or something there helping yes. you. Yes. But like, bless her heart. She was able, I, I instructed her, you know, with that, with, through the excruciating pain to get, at least get the musky unhooked, let the musky go. And then I'm sitting there with these two giant treble hooks buried into my hands. And you can't do the line trick because both the hooks are going opposite ways and both my hands are tied. And she FaceTimes a friend and he's like, you got to go. I've never seen anything like that. You've got to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, no, we're, we're, we're right at the start of the major. This big front's coming in. Like the fishing's incredible. We're absolutely not doing that. Yeah. So I'm not going to the hospital. Um, we didn't have anything on the boat. I didn't have any of my tools with me. So I had to instruct Bridget to take one of my, if you have the chaos Medusa that mm -hmm. they, so I had her take one of those hooks on there and use that hook. Now we know your secret bait, but go ahead. That is, that is one of my favorite baits, but um, I had her use that like a flay knife and take the hook and start to splice my hand on my fingers to be able to pull the hooks back. And so there's like, there's like tissue and stuff coming on my fingers. And it, it took like 10 minutes to just keep flaying away to be able to pop both of those hooks past the barb out of both of my fingers one by one. And it was, it was some of the worst pain I've ever had. But I wrapped a piece of every piece of my shirt, wrapped tight around my fingers, tight, and kept fishing. Yeah, you're. I'm not going to let you around and kneel or anything. I could tell you stories about hooks and the same thing. And I had one the same kind of deal where I had a hook in between the fingernail, and it just ended up being one of those deals where out in the middle of Lake Erie, it's rough as a cob. It's Sunday morning, you know what I mean? Like where who are you going to get to do anything? And I just ripped the thing out, and I can remember parts of like you said, um, ligaments or whatever it is that was on the windshield. And it looked yep. like someone had taken like, I don't even know what it would be, like some like spaghetti or something. Yeah. And it was like, oof. I, I still think that that finger gets numb when it gets cold more. But oh, yeah. yeah. I've learned. I, some, yeah. I, I saw cartilage that built up from where oh. this was so bad. Like it, don't, it was down to the bone on this finger. And it was, it's still like you push on it, you can feel the stuff built up in there. Yeah. Another one. I had one same thing. The hook, the hook stories, you could just, we could do a podcast just on that. I probably should. But uh, the guys I traveled with on tour, we were fishing an event kind of close to home about 15 years ago. You'll probably appreciate this one. And I had a fin broke off in my hand, okay? Like a guy like, it's a long story, don't need to go there. But anyhow, and I didn't realize it, and I thought I got it out. So like three days later, I got like a heartbeat in my finger, and it was one of those deals, and it was all, it was just, and I had a friend who's a plastic surgeon, and I sent him a picture, you know, or literally like email him a picture and he's like, yeah, you need to come to my office now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a long way from you. This isn't going to happen, but here's where the crazy girl comes in. Okay. A different crazy girl. So three of these guys that I travel with, I mean, these guys, they, they might as well be bouncers as they are fishermen. Cause these guys are just like these big freak show. Just one guy's a logger. You know what I mean? And we were going to have to cost, he told me to cut it, you know, cross, do this, do that. And then how we're going to have to stitch this thing up. And three big guys could not cut me with a razor blade. Mm. but the lady that I was dating at the time 
had no problem slicing me right open with that and didn't without even hesitation. Kind of like when you said you were flaying your finger, that's immediately what I thought of. And I was like, you did that. I that could have done that. And Bridget, this gal that, you know, I was so, she was a, she was a trooper and she, I asked her to do that and she, she did it. She just kept flaying away. And I don't think most men have been able to do that. No, I was, it's, it's that whole childbirth thing and just cutting. I've learned with women, they like, they don't have a problem cutting things. I'm, there's it's probably could insert a really bad joke right now, but I'm gonna let that I, one go. I touch that one. I have my limits. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me too. But that's that's a really good story. Hmm. I don't I, I don't know. We'll probably could just leave on that. I mean, so where have I have I misrepresented anything with Miss Fisher here, or wh- what do you think that we haven't talked about that you're like, man, this guy's a he's a maybe a decent fisherman or something, but he's a terrible interviewer. Like we, he he totally should have asked me this. Where did no. we miss the boat? was good you know i i've got enough stories to sit around a campfire for 10 years so we don't you know need to necessarily get into all that but i think we covered kind of the basics and get some of the you know i always like talking about the white elephant stuff because i'm i'm a i don't have any issue with confrontation and i i I, that stuff is the you know exhilarating topic out there so i love talking about that stuff Um, i I like it 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 is Some, some people, you know, when it's their main focus, it's a bad thing, but bringing it up every now and then it is real. Right. right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for your time because I know you got some turkey scouting to do, and uh, we appreciate you giving us some of your time, and I'm sure we'll be down the road fishing together at some point or run into you at ICAST or who knows where. Absolutely. It was good having, having to be a guest on the show, and uh, I hope you guys get some good weather so you can get out in the water. Oh, the weather is the key. That's for sure. Well, thank you for everybody tuning into the Big Water Podcast. Fishing is what we do, but sometimes we talk about it, and we had a heck of a guest today. We learned all kinds of stuff about kayak fishing and the fact that women, regardless if they fish or not, will probably cut you open and have no problems with it. <laughs> I got more out of it than that, but that's that's it's a good reminder. It certainly is. Thanks again for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys.